Hello there. Happy Monday. We are back for another episode of this podcast. For those who are on YouTube, yes, I finally shaved the playoff beard a little uh, too late. Um, for those that probably think I look a little tan, um, yes, I've been going to our pool here in the community the last two days. Um, definitely, I don't know why my lips look like I've gotten lip injections. I would never go to something like that, but definitely, um, well, I guess weird vibes from the, the webcam at least, but have a packed show for you all today. I'm going to get into some players from Wilkesbury and who I think, you know, could be the next young wave to really make an impact on this team next year. Plus we're going to get to Jason Zucker's season review and what I expect the team uh, to do with him um, in the off season. You know, will he be back? Will he be traded? You know, what should the team do? And a couple other uh, tidbits for you all as well. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter? Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, also, of course, you know, Happy Memorial Day. Um, thank you to you know all the heroes who have made the ultimate sacrifice um, for this country. Of course, the United States. So, just want to wish all of you a happy, uh, very happy mem- Memorial Day. Um, you know. I know the Penguins haven't been doing much lately, but you know there's always still stuff to talk about when it comes to this team. I always say that they are never boring, um, to say the least. And so, you know, let's let's jump right into it here. Um, let, let let's let's start with Jason Zucker. So, you know, I keep getting asked this question, you know, from people. Now, not not just like the people that listen um, uh, to the show, but you know, some of my friends who are like, oh yeah, you know, Hunter, like, what are they going to do with him? He makes five point five million. You know, should they trade him? You know, should they bring him back? He plays his tail off, yada, yada, yada. And so let's first dive into the underlying numbers from how he was this year. So played in 41 games. And yes, I I, kind of looked at that number a few times. I had to make sure that it was real because I do not remember him playing half a season um, for for this team. Um, He was out numerous times with multiple injuries. Again, what I was told in the playoffs from someone – that that's close to him was that it's a torn groin. Um, I, I, I don't think that's been confirmed by Yoey or Rossi, but you know, that's just, that, that's what I was told. Um, maybe it'll come out at some point. Maybe it won't. You know, the penguins are usually very secretive with that kind of stuff. I mean, the guy had to literally sit on a stool um, during games. And for those that maybe that are a bit weird that they're not seeing my glasses for the YouTube page. If I put them on here, yeah, they got even more crooked. So, my beautiful puppy over here decided to not only step on them, but uh, he, he, he also almost crumbled them. And my girlfriend was able to get them as straight as they can be. But again, if I put them on, I just I, I look like a dork here. So I, I'm not really going to wear them um, for this. But getting back to Zucker here. So at even strength, he was on, when he was on ice, the Penguins had 50.6 of the shot attempts. Uh, for goals for right around 50%. Um, expected goals, uh, 53.8% of those scoring chances, 52.3%. High danger chances, about 55% the Penguins had when he was on the ice. Um, 
40 about it's about 50 50 split for high danger goals for high danger goals against and then he shot this season 7.84 which is right around where he's been on the last couple of years with the penguins on a percentage for him was 909 last year was only 895 so for the regular season he put up good numbers again he's always had Pretty strong underlying numbers. You know, you go back to the last couple of seasons, he's been with the Penguins. You know, he came over from Minnesota uh, during the 2019-20 season, had 54% of the shot attempts uh, when he was on the ice. Fiat number went down to 51.4% uh, during the 2020-2021 season. Actual goals for was in the 40%. Per, uh, 40%. Scoring chances was right around 50%. High danger-wise, it was around 42 to 40%. I kind of blame that on Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz being there for most of that time, to be honest with you, because remember, excuse me, you know, during that time, you know, that, that was when Johnson and Schultz were eating up those minutes when, when Zucker was playing with Evgeny Malkin. And then this year, you know, you finally don't have Johnson. I I know they didn't have him last year, but you know, the defensive corps, the defensive core, excuse me, um, they were better this year. They didn't really have any dead weight on that unit. So you were able to see his numbers be, a bit better, um, both team-wise um, and individual-wise. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry about that. I had to mute myself to um, cough real quick. Um, but you know, this is still a player that can help you win games. And you know, we, we go to the let's let's um, excuse me, let's go to the playoffs here. I think the numbers were um, not as good in the playoffs. Uh, played in five games, he was a bit banged up. Um, only on the ice for thirty-seven point two percent of the shot attempts, 33 percent of the actual goals. Um, 38% of the scoring chances, 48% of the high danger chances. That is mainly, I think, due in part to Jeff Carter being really bad this season. Um, and I, I try not to harp on Carter a lot because I understand he's a bit older, but you know, when you get that two-year extension before one of those three big contracts, Brian Russ, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Tank, you better make sure that you perform. And he has not done that, to say the least. I mean, sure, he almost had 20 goals this year, but outside of that, was not good on the PK. Not good on the power play. Um, Playmaking-wise, he wasn't really that good. He was getting caved in on a nightly basis in that series. So I think that's the main reason why um, his numbers were not that good. You know, you when I test-wise, I think kind of trumps this in, in this regard because he was playing his tail off every shift. He was getting quality scoring chance after, after quality scoring chance, forechecking really aggressively in the offensive zone against the Rangers. He was leaving it all on the line. This was a player that was easily not even probably 50% and he was gutting through an injury. And if there was, if there was someone that really deserved a goal or two in that series against the Rangers, it's Zucker in my opinion. Um, just what a player he was for them in that, in the playoffs. And obviously you know that the, the big question remains for the Penguins. What do they do with this player? 5.5 million for the next season. You know, in a, in a perfect world, you, you can maybe eat some of that contract on the deal. I, I know some, I've read some people that say, and some articles that cover the team, well, you know, the contract is unmovable. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I mean, bad contracts get moved all the freaking time. GMs are always waiting to help you. And I am sure, you know, remember, this team just a couple of summers ago, uh, I believe it was – maybe a summer, summer and a half ago, they dumped Nick Bukestad to Minnesota. And, I, and sure, he played well in Minnesota, but and they had to eat some of his cap. But a team still wanted that player. I would have to assume that someone would want Jason Zucker at like half his cap hit, which would be like $2.75 million. I mean, especially with how good he is when he's healthy. 
I mean, that, that's uh, that's a deal I think a lot of teams make every day of the week, in my opinion. So I do think they are going to look to shop him around to open up more cap space. But I also would not be so. Um, excuse me. I also would not be surprised if he is back on the team next year. And honestly, I may get some heat for this. I really wouldn't mind it. That's that's how I feel. I think he's a great four checker. I think when healthy, he can chip in off offense. I think he's a good defensively. You can put him on the second power play unit. I honestly want to see more of him on the PK just because of how he sacrifices his body and how he's you know really good at getting to loose pucks in the defensive zone. Um, and also, you know, when he's clearing the puck where they have shorthanded opportunities, he can go down into the, the opposition's defensive zone and kill time. I would love to see him you know, get, get time on the PK. Um, who knows if Mike Volucci, if he's still here and doesn't t- take a head coaching job, you know, if he puts him on there, gets some more minutes there. Um, the, but, you know, I think he could definitely be used more than just as a 5v5 player. Um, can play on either of the three lines. I would love to see him play more with Sidney Crosby at some point. I obviously know what his line did with Jake Gensel and Brian Rust in the playoffs. I mean, that that, that needs no introduction with how good they were. But, you know, Zucker and Crosby have always had really solid numbers. I think it was Danny Shirey that did a piece, um, I think when he was still writing for the Pens blog, when um, he was advocating for the Penguins to put Zucker with Crosby because, you know, scoring chances, it was right below, I think, 60%. Uh, score, uh, shot attempts for per 60 was well above 50%, high danger-wise. Um, expected goals. Um, they are two players that feed off each other. And, and, and if you if you do see that Gensel crosby rush line struggle, Next season, I don't think Mike Sullivan would hesitate putting Jason Zucker up there. So, again, I could see it going um, either way. I do think – see, it's tough. What I think they should do – I think they could, they should create cap space in other ways. I still am a believer in this player. Now, will I be upset if he does get dealt? No, I will not be because I will understand the rationale behind it. You're clearing some cap space. You know, it's you're you're getting a draft pick or a prospect or maybe even an NHL player back that can help you win now. And Zucker is getting a fresh start that he potentially needs just because he's been so banged up ever since he got to Pittsburgh. I, I, I if I, if it were up to me, I would keep him though, and I would look to move other um, players. You know, such as a Brian Dumoulin, such as a Jeff Carter, if you can do that, even though he still has uh, two full years left um, on his deal. Um, maybe you look to move McGinn though I, I I would maybe give him another chance just because he was not the same player coming off of his injury um, this past season. Um, you know, Kasperi Cap, you know, if he doesn't come back, that's potentially $3 million, um off the books right there. <clears throat> Again, I already said Brian Dumoulin. So, you know, there there's ways for this team uh, to create cap space, even if Jason Zucker stays. And again, I, I'm leaning towards Zucker staying, but for those that want him, that, that want to trade him for the cap space, I understand that thinking to a T. I, I see both sides to this, um, at least in my opinion. But again, you know, I would love to see him maybe with Sid next year. Would love to see him with Gino, especially too. I didn't think we got enough of that when he came back in the playoffs. They kind of just stuck him down with um, Jeff Carter and, and basically, I think, let him rot down there. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to um, some of that that potential next young wave for the Penguins going into next season if they decide not to go out into free agency and be aggressive 
Before I get to that, though, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Um, remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, um, right as I uh, come back from the segment, looks like Adam Fox has scored for the Rangers to make it one nothing. Um, I would, you know, I, I'm recording this right now. Uh, maybe this turns out to be bad. Uh, I, I would kind of be stunned if the, if the Hurricanes um, win this game. They're, they're special teams. Carolinas have been absolutely dreadful um, in this series. I'm just, you know, this is just, you know, Ansi Ranta has not been good. I, I'm not going to say it's Louis Domingue level, but, you know, he has not been good um, to say the least. Uh, but now I, I've been getting this asked a lot too by both listeners and some people, some friends, you know, you know, who's, who are the, who's the next Connor Sherry? Who's the next Brian Russ, the next Tom Kunakel, next Jake Gensel to come up? Who, who are the players that are going to make a difference next season from Wilkes-Barre and, you know, there, there are a few players down here who I think are, you know, itching to get up. And, you know, Alex Nylander had 22 goals and 42 points in 67 games. I got to think he's going to have a shot uh, going into training camp to have a roster spot. Um, he was a different player ever since they traded Sam Lafferty to Chicago for Nylander. They took a chance on him, put him down in Wilkesbury, and, you know, he ended up leading the, a tie for the team lead in points. Um, Valtteri Pustinen, 20 goals, 42 points in 73 games. He will also, and I think deservedly so, get a look at the team next year. You know, I thought he played really well in the very small sample size that he had um, during this past season. I think he only played in a game or two. I liked what I saw. His skating is very smooth. Um, he plays the puck well on his stick defensively. I didn't really see any warts there um, in his game. I, I do think, honestly, of the of the forwards down there that have a chance to make an impact, he is at the top of my list. Again, just a really silky player, um, has a good shot, um, has a really nice first pass. His skating is very fluid. Um, defensively, he's not really going to hurt you. Um, he's been developing really nicely these last couple of years down there. And if the Penguins do decide not to go out and make a big splash in free agency, um, I, de- I definitely think he could be one of the top candidates to steal a roster spot um, coming out of training camp. Sam Poulin didn't start off the season that well, but played good down the stretch, finished with 16 goals, 37 points in 72 games. He was uh, second on the team in scoring behind Nylander and Boosting through tied for first. Uh, Felix Robert had 16 goals and 34 points. I don't really think he's going to get that much of a look uh, next year. H- had a good year in Wilkes-Barre, but I, you know, there's still plenty of players that I think are above him. Michael Chaput, 12 goals, 33 points. But, you know, P.O.J., um, outside of Pustinen, I think he has the best shot of actually making the NHL roster next year. Um, it, it all comes down to, you know, can Ron Hextall make a move for one of these defensemen on the left side? You know, he, he said it during his end of the season press conference. It takes two to tango. That's, that, that's the big thing. You know, it sounds like he's open to making a move if it makes sense for the Penguins, but you know, how, you know, can you find a team that's willing to take that Dumont's contract on? And, you know, what do you think is fair value for someone like that or a Marcus Patterson or a Mike Matheson? I, I would, I, I wouldn't trade either of those two. I thought Patterson and Matheson had really good seasons. 
Matheson just had a really unlucky series against the Rangers where every puck was going in off his skate. And I, it also doesn't help matters that he's playing on the top pairing with Chris Tang because Dumoulin is out with that MCL injury. But uh, I do think it has to be Dumoulin that is the odd man out. And, you know, you can maybe slide up another player to play with Chris Tang. Maybe you do POJ Latang, but, you know, based on the results we saw last season when the two had to play together, I'm not really sure he's ready for that just yet. But, you know, you know Joseph, really a really good first pass coming out of his own zone. Um, he's a zone entry for machine from what I watched down in Wilkesbury. I thought he was ready to play with the Penguins uh, last year, in my opinion. Um, I did not like the idea, or I did not like the move where he got sent down, but I understood it just because of how crowded the blue line is. You know, he he needs to have the kind of training camp in preseason where the Penguins have no choice but to keep him on the main roster, similar to what happened with John Marino, remember? You know, the kid comes in, you know, no one really knows who he is that much. Like, oh, you know, you got him from Edmonton for like a sixth or seventh round pick. You know, maybe he plays well in Wilkesbury. You take a flyer on him, whatever. Comes in, absolutely destroys the competition in training camp, and the preseason, Penguins end up moving Eric Branson out to Anaheim to make room for him. So if there is not a trade at that point, you know, maybe POJ you know, does make the Penguins think twice to, to put him in the lineup because, you know, when, when Rutherford, you know, spoke about Molino at the time when he was here, he's, he even said, you know, he left us no choice but to make this move because of how he played in training camp and the preseason. So he is, POJ is definitely a player that I am looking at a lot Going into next season, you know, this is it's now or never, I think, for him. He had a good year with Wilkesbury, averaged about a half a point per game with them. Um, you know, this this needs to be his time to really come up. Um, Philip Hollander, 14 goals, 28 points in 61 games. Um, came up a little bit at times this year. I'm still not really sure what the, the team has in him. I mean, I know he has talent, but you know, is he anything more than just a a third or probably a fourth liner? In, in, for the Penguins, you know, I think that's the big question. And then Drew O'Connor, someone that you know took the Penguins by storm um, at the beginning of the season, um, finished with 32 points in 33 games. Was about a point per game player. 12 of those were goals. Remember, you know he he had what you know almost I think like five goals at the Penguins when he was up here. You know was looking like a sure bet to be the bottom six for the entire season. Then has that really bad injury where he's out for a while. You know, is sent down to Wilkesbury, rediscovers some of that magic again, but you know was still never really um, brought up until the playoffs. He had a couple of strong games, hit the post, I think, in one of the playoff games against the Rangers. Um, forward wise, he is definitely the one of the top players that I think can make an impact on this team. So again, you know, it's it's definitely you know again it, it's definitely um, O'Connor, Cherry Pustinen. Poulin, if he has a good camp, Alex Nylander, if he starts to put it all together some more, POJ, Hollander. Otherwise, you know, I don't really think there's too much here that can make an impact. Um, next season, I would like to see more um, from the, uh, the, the their goaltending prospect that they signed um, last year. Uh, I believe it was – no, it was not Blomquist. I'm trying to find – no, it was not DiOrio. Oh, I believe it was um, Lindgren. Um, you know, no, no, excuse me. No, not Lindgren. I almost thought of Ryan Lindgren for a second. Uh, Philip Lindbergh, he only got to play in seven games this year due to just a bunch of injuries. I, I you know, this was a player that was really good coming out of college. I'm just a really smooth goaltender. I, I want to see what he can do, um, for a full season with Wilkes-Barre. I don't think he's going to be the backup in Pittsburgh 
or anything like that. But um, that wraps up this segment for what um, just the, 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 the big youth movement that could be coming for the Penguins next season if they don't really want to go out um, and spend money in free agency to fill their holes. Just because, you know, I know their, their, ta- their prospect pool is not that good, but I do think there are players down here that are, are there and, and that they're ready to come up and contribute right now. So, so one more to get to for this episode coming up in the final segment, um, including you know a big day in Penguins history on this Monday. So stick around for that coming up right after this. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, wow. And now I, I check Twitter and um, it is, they're now down two to nothing. Yeah, I think Carolina is Carolina's done. Um, this is this is now looking at their. I mean, this is now two power play goals that they have given up. This is I, I mean, I don't I don't usually tweet on the show, but I, I am gonna do this um, here. But you know, to this day in Penguins history, Benito 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 game one against the Sharks, a three to two final to go up one nothing in the Stanley Cup final. Just an incredible um, game. I mean, the Penguins had that game for a while, especially going in. Um, to the third period, um, the Sharks were able to claw back. Credit to them, and then Benino with the goal heard around the world, and the Penguins were able to hold on to win that one, take a one nothing seriously before Connor Sherry had his magic. I mean, Benino just took the whole Penguins fandom by storm uh, <laughs> it, it, during that run. I mean, that, the Haglin Benino Kessel line was a, a chef's kiss, to say the least. It was so much fun. To watch, and you know, this was a player that really didn't do anything during the 2016 regular season. Um, barely even had over double digit goals, started to play a bit better down the stretch. But I think for a, a long time, a lot of us were like, okay, like you know, like what, what, what's going on here? And then the playoffs come, and he just transforms into like a prime Sidney Crosby almost. And he's just producing goal after goal, assist after assist, just a completely different player. And then does it again, um, in 2017. He, you know, I, I still kind of miss him a little bit to this day, just because of how good he was in those two runs. But, you know, what, what a goal that was. And I remember when Chris Latane just absolutely bodied Brent Burns in the corner there, uh, that, which before that pass, you know, Burns didn't really have his stick at the time, but Latang, um is able to have the puck, somehow get the pass around his skate, and then Paul, poor Paul Martin, former Penguin, could not get to it, and then Benino's able to bury that. Um, always a, a fun moment and a, a great historic moment um, in the Penguins franchise history. Um, so, and you know, that, that team was just so much fun in general. I, you know, in terms of the, you know, how much hockey, obviously I've watched in my lifetime, that's probably the best Penguins team I've ever seen. And probably the best Penguins team I'll ever see for, um, at least for a long time, uh, to say the least. So that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. A little bit on the shorter end today, but still a solid 23 to 24 minutes. I'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. We're going to continue our season reviews, plus uh, some other topics I've been planning for a little bit. So again, thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to you all on Tuesday.